0: Church Life Today is brought to you in part by Notre Dame Federal Credit Union and our listeners.
1: God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. You're familiar with that, aren't you? But have you ever really thought about what that is saying? God loved the world. This world. This world that does not love God very well. And in fact, more often rejects God than welcomes him. God loved this world so much that he gave this world what is most precious, most intimate, most beautiful, his only begotten son. And you know what can embody and manifest that kind of love? Filmmaking and television. I bet you didn't see that coming. And I bet that you haven't thought about the art of filmmaking or television in quite the way that my guest today thinks about it. But that's why we're here, to listen to what he has to say about it. My guest is Doug Took, Vice President for Ministry Advancement at Outside the Box Films and Renovo Media Group. No one has ever had a boring conversation with Doug Took. You and I are both going to enjoy this conversation. I'm Leonard DiLorenzo. This is Church Life Today, a production of the McGrath Institute for Church Life in collaboration with Spoke Street Media Network. Thanks for tuning in. Doug Took, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Pleasure to be here. Doug, you've been working in the film industry for several years now, and you've had your hand in, well, quite a number of different Catholic films. So I want to start off with a a broad question, maybe a two-parter. What makes a film Catholic? And then secondly— What makes a Catholic film good? Hmm.
0: (laughs) I don't know that we have enough time to cover (laughs) that topic. I I love that topic. That is my favorite. That might be my favorite. Like, let's go get a beer and have that conversation. I think it's a big deal. What makes a film Catholic? Our answer to that question would always be truth, goodness, and beauty make it make it catholic. You know, it's not about like, hey, it's about this saint or it's never about, oh, we only hire catholic actors. In fact, that's a disaster. It's about truth, goodness, and beauty. And then the the other layer to that has actually very little to do with what you see. It has to do with what we make. And so, we're all about creating an environment on the set that's a place of conversion and transformation. So, we pride ourselves on hiring the best possible actors we can to make our films whether they're Christian or not, but we're not going to hesitate to authentically witness to them. And we actually have these incredible stories from the sets of our films of conversion and transformation and people saying things like, I've never been treated this way. I've never wanted to bring my family on a set. Wow. You guys are just always so compassionate and good and you treat everyone the same. And there's just, a, so, so what makes a Catholic film is, is that a couple Catholic dudes that are behind the scenes producing it are pouring out their love for Jesus in their words and in their actions and it's enriching truth, goodness, and beauty. You may or may not see that on the screen, but we know what we are. We know what we've built. We know that Eucharist is what fuels us and that we, we want to tell a great story. Yeah, I, that's, that's the big one. <laughs> I mean that
1: changes a perspective for me even right here from the start and maybe for other people too that I think when we think about these forms of media, especially film, which is a highly sort of well-produced media, right? Like it's gone through all kinds of post-production stuff, all kinds of editing. Like you've gotten the shot just right, the sound and all that stuff. We think that what we see is the product of a performance performance. And in some ways, mm-hmm. that's true. Like we're seeing a performance. But what you're saying is something different. Like it sure. begins actually with an act of witness Indeed. from the filmmakers, from those of you, especially those of you who are in charge of setting the conditions of the set, yeah. of what the the actors and the crew is going to be working on and where they're going to be working. And so when they, especially those who we see on film, are performing, that performance is in response
0: to a witness that you've already set out. Indeed, and really, with the writers, right? I mean, it yeah. begins with the writers. You know, we we work with writers who we're missionally aligned with. There's no question because because we want their heart to belong to to the Lord. And when that's the case, and anybody who's anybody who's ever done anything ministry ever or taught theology or has been steeped in faith knows that when you just when you kick that door open and you say, "Okay, Lord." let this be your story i mean buckle up he's it's going to be his story yeah. he's going to do it and so that's what that's what infuses the mission of what you're trying to accomplish and then after that it's all just details i'm not interested in oh gosh you know i only want to hire so and so cuz they're catholic to make this catholic movie no 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 i want the best actor I can afford to tell this story because I want greatness. I want the Oscars to be nodding and going, oh my gosh, I can't believe how good this film is, you know, because the actor was so good. And then at the end of the day, while he's smoking cigarettes and drinking bourbon, he's like, yeah, hey, you Catholic guys, man, you got something going on here. That's good witness. <laughs> yeah. That's good witness to us. That Because, yeah. you know, film. that's the magic of film. It yeah. doesn't. I'm not worried about their, I'm not worried about their faith. I'm worried about the story we're trying to tell. And then what I know happens is they're impacted by that. Mm. And I think it's great. I imagine one
1: of the films that a lot of people would know that you were directly involved in is the film, Paul, Apostle of Christ. And speaking Mm -hmm. of, you know, top level actors, you had Jim Caviezel and James Faulkner working in this film. So you've got some of the top people you can get. And here you are creating this what ended up just being a superb film. Why do you think that film was so successful? But even more, why do you think it's so powerful? I found
0: it to be powerful. Why do you think it's so powerful? Thank you. A couple things. Our favorite review of the Paul film was from the Village Voice out of New York. Hmm. And the title of the review was This Atheist Likes This Bible Movie. It's our greatest journalistic accomplishment. Yeah, And he was this total kind of like, you know, New York hipster film review guy that wrote about how he was moved by the artistic expression of the film and this kind of goes to your second question which is what what makes it good one of the criticisms of our films is that we give you homework mm-hmm. there's lots of christian films and if you like christian films listeners that no, that's great. I would say a lot of Christian films are for low-hanging fruit. Jesus is king, Jesus in your face, Jesus on your nose. Um, and that's great. I think that's great. So if you love Jesus and you watch a Jesus film and then you're like, well, now I love him more. And I think that's great. There's an audience for that and those yeah. films reach that audience and that's good. I'm more, I, I just feel so much more gospel driven, which is like, so where are the six billion people that don't mm. know Jesus? And here's this beautiful expression of truth, goodness, and beauty. And could we introduce them to this beauty and so that's a different kind of writing it's a different kind of filmmaking you know jim caviezel you know he's he's captain catholic you know and that that just (laughs) kind of happened yeah it just kind of happened with sony there's a great story behind that but it just kind of happened but he's a movie star yeah he's a
1: he's a movie he's a person of interest um, if we can say that a person of interest oh geez like what i did that was
0: that was like a dad speaking of low-hanging fruit let me just let me take the low-hanging fruit
1: joke there yeah all right (laughs) And some people are listening. They don't quite get it, and that's okay too. That means that it wasn't as low of a of a fruit as I could have gone for. But yeah, all right.
0: Anyway, the king of puns. Yeah. I love it. Jim's Jim's fine. There's lots of stories. He had great days. He had rough days. Mm -hmm. You know, we had days where people on set were like, "He's the Christian one." You know, so I mean, like, there's there were moments where it was just like, "Whoa!" We had uh, you know James Faulkner, this brilliant British actor. Oh, he's so good. Who was by far the most charming, unbelievable person? John Lynch, brilliant Mm -hmm. British actor. Mm -hmm. Certainly, Joanne Whaley. She was Joanne Whaley was a, a gift. Olivia Martinez, Halle Berry's husband at the time, extremely atheistic guy had the most time on set. And I, and I think all of us would actually argue worked the hardest. He actually worked the hardest. He, he was very self-conscious about his accent. He wanted everything to flow. And I tell this story all the time, but he was the one Olivier came over to, to Eric growth, the executive producer of the film on the set on the last day Smoking a cigarette, walked up to him and was like, "Eh, this is the first time I did not think that Christians were full of crap.
1: (laughs) Only he didn't say crap.
0: And Eric just like, he almost wept. He was like, oh, that's why we do this. That's it. He's like, so that, that encapsulates exactly what makes this quote unquote Catholic movie good. Yeah. Is that we said, oh, by the way, here's truth, goodness, and beauty. Here's a historical moment told in an artistic way that says, here's a glimpse into the life of the most prolific author of the New Testament so that you get a sense of his soul and his message. No one is beyond God's mercy, the Pauline message. And then here was a bunch of professionals telling you that story. Yeah. And I think that sets that type of film apart. A lot of Christian movies refuse to hire non-Christian actors they refuse to hire SAG actors, so they refuse to hire the higher level, higher screen actors,
1: actors guild, actors. Right? That's what yeah, you're because yeah. they
0: don't. Yeah, because they don't want to deal with unions. They don't yep. want to deal with that world. But to be honest with you, you're just sort of a slave to it. If you're if you're interested in great filmmaking, you're a slave to that. Right. But why not bring the gospel to that? Mm-hmm. Like, why why not why not walk into the streets of Corinth and say, "Hey, here's the gospel," and instead of saying, "Well, only our little community in Jerusalem." Is going to tell stories for people in Jerusalem. Those are two extremely different approaches, and we we prefer the latter. Let's go to Rome to tell the story rather than, well, maybe we'll eventually get everyone to come to our upper room where we're telling the story super well. That's two very different things. And we take that with a lot of pride.
1: What a great way to explain that. This is Leonard DiLorenzo. You're listening to Church Life Today on Spoke Street Media Network. My guest is Doug Took, Vice President for Ministry Advancement for ODB Films and Renovo Media Group. Doug, what you were just talking about in terms of your approach to filmmaking here really speaks to me about... A sort of idea of what evangelization is. Like, I love that image that you were just giving us. Like, one way to do things is just to have your small upper room and hope that people come in there. The other way is actually to go into Corinth and bring the gospel there and make it available, beginning with the the crew and the cast and then to others, make it available in a broad-based way with really excellent, a really excellent product and a really excellent piece of media. My own experience of that particular film, Paul Apostle of Christ, is I took My oldest son, who at that point I think was 12 or 13, and his best friend, and we went to the theater and saw it, Mm. and my first feeling was, I'm not embarrassed, right? Oh, wow. That's a great line. I'm not embarrassed by this film being a Christian film and being in a theater. In other words, it belongs here, right? Like the quality Mm. was good enough. And then, Mm. like you're saying, there was homework. I went away really thinking about what I had witnessed, the costliness of Christian sacrifice, the layers of mentoring that are there in the film, the way in which you presented Paul's own memory as the really the battleground of grace and sin. Mm. It was just, it was, it was remarkable. So let's talk a little bit more, if you don't mind, about this mission of evangelization. You yourself have been involved in different forms of evangelization now for, I mean, I think we can say decades, right? In youth ministry, in training hey, ministry. How old do you think
0: I am? Very I mean, old, what the-
1: but <laughs> in. <laughs> And <laughs> you've been in youth ministry, training ministers, yeah. traveling around the country and the world. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 25 years. Giving man. talks at conferences, all this stuff, all these different forms of evangelization. You've come into this, especially the film making in the last several years, right?
0: Yeah. Only really like three to five not, years. Not yeah. too long. Yeah.
1: But as you're talking about it, it's still and especially part of this broader mission of evangelization what role do you see this form of art, this type of communication serving for the church's mission of evangelization, perhaps
0: today more than ever? Well, the short answer is Visio Divina. Mm. I mean, that's that's the short answer. And anyone who asks, I always say that. This is Visio Divina. We can go contemplate a breathtaking painting and we can genuinely reflect on its goodness and allow the language of it to become our vocabulary and start to express its beauty. But film can do that too. You know, we can go behold a beautiful film, a collection of pictures, right? And sit and go, oh my goodness, and have a a spiritual engagement with it. Certainly stimulate conversation and maybe even equip us with language that we didn't have before. My dad, an extremely agnostic Vietnam veteran, truck driver, Harley riding, awesome dad. (laughs) I took him to see Paul. And he loved the Olivia Martinez character. He loved the soldier. He loved yeah. he loved him. He just thought he was the most relatable character. And my dad and I, you know, we had dinner afterwards. He just kept talking about him, Mauritius, the character's name. And he had language he had never used before. So the film the huh. film gave him Christocentric vocabulary that in my lifetime of knowing my own dad, he had never used and we had a conversation about Jesus. And I'm the I'm the geeky, I'm the I have a degree in theology and philosophy and a masters in that. I mean, I triple majored in unemployment for goodness sakes. <laughs> so my dad and I have always been in like a weird world in terms of my interest and his interests. And all of a sudden a film gave him language mm. that is a tone of evangelism that sets my heart ablaze. You know, like I I go, "Oh, well, my I mean, my dad is like that's my audience. Like, here's a guy who's like, "Okay, what is this?" And then at the end of it goes, okay, I need to go talk about this with somebody, you know? And I'm like, yes, Visio Divina, you know, this is, you had a, you had an encounter and, and uh, now I want to, you know, I want to walk with you. I, I want to accompany you and unpack it. And I want you to, I want your heart to be set ablaze so that, so that you can go share that with others and others and others. I think that's awesome. We're also keenly aware of another thing that I love to talk about, which is uh, N.T. Wright, he says, when you share the gospel, you can always expect one of three things. He says, it'll be considered nonsense. It'll be considered offensive. Or it will be considered life changing, and <laughs> he says, and it always has. So you uh. basically have a, like a one in three chance when you share the good news of how it's going to be received. And I think that's absolutely true, and it doesn't dissuade me in any way, shape, or form. Mm. It's like, yeah, let's keep let's keep making gorgeous missional Christocentric films. And we know two-thirds of the audience is going to be, that's offensive or that's nonsense. But we know that that life-changing audience will always be rotating. And we make films for that audience. We make films for those people. And I love that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think about the kind of cultural moment we're in and we have been in where it seems that the basic pattern of things is that we have tribes that just talk to each other and don't engage with the other tribes. And these tribes get stronger and stronger. So you see this in social media, for example. You see it in the news outlets. Honestly, you see it a lot, or you hear it a lot in religious radio, right? You have Mm -hmm. a tribe, a sort of audience that you build, and then you confirm with that tribe. And there aren't necessarily the ways of kind of creating a space where real dialogue can happen. But this story, this sort of anecdote that you've given us about you and your dad taking in this film, like the film actually did that other thing, which is you created a new space. So, yeah, I just, I mean, I don't have a question based on that. It's just a reflection based on what you're saying. Like here maybe is one of the ways in which we think about Catholic art, that Mm -hmm. the things that are truly good and true and beautiful aren't just true, good, and beautiful for me who is already a believer, but that truth, goodness, and beauty also speaks to you and to the other who is perhaps Wounded or doubting or unbelieving or maybe even resistant to, but you've given them something that's worthwhile, and they're sort of indeed. struck by that
0: that wonder, right? Yeah, indeed. Yeah, yeah. Jer- Jared Zimmer, president of the Word on Fire Institute out of Dallas, just great guy. He had a line. He says, "You can't, I think he was quoting somebody, but I'll give him credit because he's wonderful. He said, "You cannot evangelize a culture you don't love," hmm. and I think that that encapsulates what you just said, which is. We will never declare war on culture for the purpose of art. That is just stupid. War and art are the opposite. I'm not saying that I love the world view, but I love the heart. I love the incarnation. So I love that the Lord said, hey, this body, this thing has value. And by loving it, we enrich it. And so when we love a culture, and then we say, now let's bring truth, goodness, and beauty to this culture. And this is very much word on fire. This is very barren. And I, I like what Barron's doing. He's appealing to the academic. He's appealing to the mind. I love it. That's what we can do with art. We can mm-hmm. do that with Visio Divina. We can do that with the visual as well. And I'll argue, I would argue, and identify a different audience. So there's an academic vein. Hey, learn a lot about the church and then see its beauty. I love that vein. But over here, we're saying. Hey, let me show you. Let me show you what the church has done throughout the history of humanity. Hmm. And let me tell stories of that beauty. And that's a totally different vein. And I love that. I, yeah. I think I think that's a I think that's a right and a left hook. I think it's a body <laughs> shot for for how to evangelize the world because we love the culture. We love yeah. culture. I just think that's different than I'm gonna go make something that declares war on a culture for the purpose of what I'm trying to sell you is beauty. Yeah. That feels broken. And it's the reason why I don't like a lot of Christian films and a lot of Christian television. It's because it feels like it's trying to violate culture. It's also like unrealistic. Whereas like where you come into culture and you you go, no, 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 no. Incarnation, humanity, beauty, saints, Mm -hmm. sacraments, that stuff is real and it's viable. It's also messy. Yeah. And here's the story about that. I just think it's more accessible.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a real kind of John three sixteen feel to what you're saying, which is, you know, the old, that's the old NFL <laughs> right? placard right? gospel verse, right? That everybody knows God so loved the world that he sends his only begotten son. God so loved the world. Which world? This world, right? That actually this one, doesn't the one love- one we walk
0: and breathe in. Right? Yeah.
1: That doesn't love God very well. That actually prefers darkness to light. Yeah. God so loves that world that he gave the most precious thing he could give, his only son. And right. so what you're saying is let's give precious beauty, precious art right. to this world because we love it, this culture because yeah. we love it. Not that we approve of everything, but we love the people here and we want That's to right. give them what's good. That's right. This is Leonard D. Lorenzo. You're listening to Church Life Today on Spoke Street Media Network. My guest is Doug Took, Vice President for Ministry Advancement for ODB Films and Renovo media group. So let's talk a little bit Doug, about some of the other things that you and Eric Growth, president CEO of ODB Films and Renovo Media Group, some of the other things that you guys are branching out into, some of your new exciting ventures. What's on the horizon? What's new exciting initiatives that we should be... <laughs> there's so, should much, there's about? Like well, so much
0: I'm not allowed to talk about. Okay. So this is like such a what? dumb conversation, <laughs> but it's kind of fun too. <laughs> yeah. I can give you the scoop. Here's what's fun. Those of us that know ODB Films has been around since 05. It's done a ton of stuff. There was a time when we released 96 straight weeks of new content. Oh my goodness. Where we, I mean, we were creating short form content for ministry. And then of course we transitioned into long form. There's a company called Kingland Productions in, in Clear Lake, Iowa that has an amazing studio and, and equipment. And Kingland Productions and ODB Films have joined forces to create Renovo Media Group. Renovo is a word that means to renew, restore, and revive. And I can tell you this, we are we are in pre-production right now. On uh, television, on streamable television, that could very well find a home on the major streaming networks. Mm. So family-friendly, value-driven, truth, goodness, and beauty television—that's you know—that's in the spirit of Blue Bloods and Parenthood and This Is Us and that type that type of television, great yeah. drama. That's designed to be enriching. And uh, we actually are navigating about forty different concepts of television, of episodic television, which each could be attached to nearly ten episodes. So there's a lot here. There's four you know, four hundred hours of television over the next decade that we could potentially be producing to enrich streaming services. So I would invite the listeners to just shower that with prayer. Um but then I would also I would also say like this is this is you are li- I mean you are talking about crossing the barren desert. I mean this is television is an unbelievably fickle and difficult business. You don't just make stuff and then Netflix comes calling with their checkbook. It doesn't it just that's not real.
1: Yeah, so how is this you different to, than filmmaking? it's very yeah. difficult. Yeah, tell us about the difference between uh, Okay.
0: Episodic television has a gatekeeper mentality mm-hmm. of production. So the primary streaming services, you know, those like Hulu, Amazon, Netflix, those kinds of things, Apple TV, Disney Plus, like they there's a layer of people that you bring ideas to and they have a very narrow perspective of what they think an audience wants to see. So for example, turn on Netflix. 95% of what's on there is a, is the result of that gatekeeper, creative executive version of what they think you want to see as a family. But the data actually shows that families are struggling to find television that they could actually watch together and or be entertained by and or be engaged by. That's in more of the... PG-13 world of of storytelling. And there's great PG-13 television. like You can do it. And so we have navigated with uh, with some pretty excellent executive-level business leaders how to bypass those gatekeepers and Mm. bring data to the selling, the marketing side of television and work with executives instead of gatekeepers. You don't talk about family values and hope at Hollywood parties. So at Hollywood parties, you talk about a certain version of politics and a certain version of the mind of the world mindset, and if those are the people that are choosing what goes on on your TV, well, they're doing a great job. They're doing exactly what they talk about at parties. They're like, well, yeah, we're all affirming each other, scratching each other's backs. This is what we need. But there's another there's another audience that we know we can reach. Producing television, you're literally making mini movies. So a ten episode season of television is like ten little films, yeah. and all the details and. All the staff and all the costs associated with that are astronomical, and you yeah. need to have resources like what we have now to be able to do it. So, there's if a movie is a hundred people to make it, television is probably five hundred people over the duration of it because of the detail yeah. and the the pace. Yeah, I mean, you make you make a television episode in like seven to nine days, which, which is mind boggling. And again, it's a it's basically a film. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're making a yeah, you're making a little film. But the way it connects story wise, so all the writing yeah. concerns are completely different. Yep. And how that how does episode one, season one, connect to episode nineteen, season four? Which means you like, have to have episode right, nineteen, season four, somewhat in mind exactly. when you write episode one. So great one. writing, yeah. great writing is mapping out where your arc can go. So you can imagine, Lenny, it's just a it's such a bigger venture, yes. and it's harder to sell. Yeah. To, to which Eric Groth and I and this incredible team at Renovo are like, okay, bring it on. Yeah. Lord, you put us here, so. <laughs> <if> <laughs> and now you... <laughs> you see now you see the genius of Seinfeld. They're like, no, we just yeah. won't have any arc. We'll just. <laughs> <Exactly>. or, you, <laughs> right? or you see the genius of reality TV, which has no script. Exactly. And you go, well, right. oh, that's why they make it is because oh, it's cheap and there's no, it doesn't matter. There's no That makes arc. sense, yeah. You just go. You just do Yeah, yourself. And
1: unfortunately, you know, Sopranos came along and other shows like that, which just upped <laughs> right? the expectation of what the production quality would be,
0: right? That's like exactly that's where right. this yeah. f- basically yeah. film quality television came that's well said that's extremely well said your million dollar television show should look like 10 million dollars yeah wandavision is 25 million dollars an episode get out of town no way 25 mandalorian 11 million dollars an episode well mandalorian looks like a star wars film it just looks looks like you're you're talking about a high level of technology yeah the budget for for the paul the apostle christ film is under six million dollars the average cost of a television episode on all TV, not just streaming, is three to six million per episode. Yeah. So those are the dollar amounts we're talking. So we're navigating that space, and uh, you know, it's David meet Goliath. Yeah. You know, so let's go to work. I mean, yeah. that's that's really what it is. But we're having fun with it, and yeah. we, have, we have we have some incredible we have some incredible doors opening to us. But it's exciting. I would love to be a part of producing television. and yeah. uh, We wrote we wrote a script uh, last. July, we're we've we've collaborated, I'm not even allowed to use names. We've collaborated with with folks a person that that <laughs> with a person that has produced major syndicated popular television. I'll okay. put it to you that way. Got it. That you would recognize that every listener would recognize S- and go, whoa. Tim Allen. Okay, and, okay. got it. No, i right. just yeah, i do yeah, just, just have a name out there. I have no go secret knowledge. Uh, yeah, so it's yeah. and then I mean what they're what they're doing is they're affirming the vision which is yeah. oh, you know what? I would much rather attach myself to something that has mission, yeah. truth, goodness and beauty than even though I got offered this other thing and they, and then they ta- and then and then they shop their script around and they're yeah. like this is great. So yeah. we're in a great place story-wise. Now it's just about it's just about execution and sales and that falls in me. I'm yeah. I'm actually going to be a big part of sales. So awesome. it'll be fun to get in there. Television is crazy, man. You just it's a crazy world.
1: Yeah. But it's fun. It's fun to learn it. Well, we got a lot of other things that we could talk about here, but we're coming. We're at the end of our time. So maybe we can do another follow-up to this at some point. I'd love, love to it. talk about some of the other projects you got going on, and I think our listeners would love to hear it too. But for now, thanks so much for joining.
0: Absolutely. It's my pleasure,
1: 100%. I've been talking to Doug Took, Vice President for Ministry and Advancement at ODB Films and the Renovo Media Group. This is Leonard DiLorenzo. You've been listening to Church Life Today. Thanks so much for joining us. Talk to you next time.
0: Church Life Today is a production of Spoke Street Media and the McGrath Institute for Church Life at the University of Notre Dame, and is brought to you in part by Notre Dame FCU and our listeners. Notre Dame Federal Credit Union has a special mission to serve the Catholic Church in America. In 2020 alone, we've served over 800 parishes, schools, and nonprofits in more than 25 dioceses nationwide. We are a member-owned, not-for-profit cooperative, working hard to create a national Catholic financial alternative to the for-profit banks. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union.